Hey guys, welcome back to the Frontline Community Men's Ministry Podcast. I'm Chris O'Pila. I'm an associate pastor. And today I'm interviewing another associate pastor at Frontline, Will Knuckles. It's awesome. He's got a great testimony. He's going to sharpen you today because in our men's ministry, we seek to follow Proverbs 27:17 as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And this is going to sharpen you today. I'm excited for you to hear his story with the Lord. And I hope that it encourages you. If you have any questions or would like to give us some feedback, send me a message, men at frontlinecommunity.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's jump right in with Will. Well, hey guys, I am sitting in the office of Pastor Will Knuckles, uh, one of our own here at Frontline. And part of our goal today is just to give you an opportunity to uh, be sharpened by his experience with the Lord, his relationship with the Lord. Um, and so as he shares some of his story today, uh, I invite you guys to send us some feedback. Hit us up at men at frontlinecommunity.org. We'd love to hear uh, what impacts you, what is stirring in your heart as a result of this conversation. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, and so, Will, yeah, welcome, yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you. I should say welcome to you. You're in my office. So. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. <laughs> And to everybody listening, um, in addition to, to writing back, Chris, feel free to um, write me as well uh, if you have any more questions. We really genuinely love getting to know people and are thankful to be a part of a really great community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Will, um, tell us first just some of the basics. Uh, when you got here to Frontline, who you are, who your family is. Uh, Share with us. Okay. Well, um, we came to Frontline. It was was May of 2018 that I got here. The rest of my family arrived in June. Um, And we came. There was four of us. So my wife, Annie. uh, We had two little boys. I don't know how old Lewis was at the time. He's five now. (laughs) I'm not going to do that much math. Um, And Dean, he was young. He was six months old when he got here. And since then, we've added another little boy to our family. So Andrew will be a year uh, early next month. And um, yeah, love my little boys. Uh, It's been a joy being here. It was an adventure. We weren't really expecting to even move out of state. Uh, We were in in Portland, Oregon at the time. And finally, after many doors had closed, we were looking, okay, maybe God wants something else for us. Um, Stumbled upon a listing at this church in Germany. And um, the, the listing was by state, city and state. And so I, I looked at uh, Rammstein, Rhineland Falls. That's not a state. <laughs> what is that? And jokingly asked Annie if she wanted to move to Germany. And at that point she said, you know, whatever, who cares? <laughs> um, but it's been, yeah, really fantastic to be here and a part of this church. That's awesome. One of my favorite memories, Will, is when you and Annie were in our apartment eating lunch when you were candidating here. And Dean was with you because he was so little. Yeah. And he was so jet lagged that you guys put him down to play on a blanket in our kitchen and he just passed out. <laughs> he just went to sleep right yeah. there on the floor. Um, well, awesome. What I'd like to do today is uh, give guys a chance to connect with how you started your relationship with the Lord because it's so impactful to hear how other guys got introduced to the love of Jesus and how it changed us because. When we hear how other people have been changed by, by God, we're able to say, wow, if God can change that guy, 
<laughs> maybe he can change me. So share with us, how did that start, your time coming to know the Lord? Yeah, um, well, so I grew up in the church setting, um, and, and I remember as a little kid, uh, every night we would say prayers, and we, we even had a memorized, like, we said it the same way, and then we'd add to it or whatever. Um, actually, Heavenly Father up above, look down on, and then it was each of our names. I, I use this prayer with my boys That's now. So awesome. Louis Lowell, oh. Dean Thomas, and Andrew William with love. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, but it was, a, it was a blessing and a curse because being inside the church, I learned about the Lord. I believed in God. I believed in you know, Him as creator and as judge. Um, it, it didn't take a lot of convincing to be baptized because I believed there's a heaven, there's a hell. And one of the things that you do besides believing is you're baptized, you repent. And so um, even as an eight-year-old, that's when I was baptized. Um, and one, one thing that was cool is I got to see my parents walk out this journey at the exact same time. So my dad had grown up Catholic. My mom was raised in several different churches. And they both as adults were baptized and, and I watched them and their faith develop. So it was a blessing in, in that I knew a lot about God and, and the Bible and was a star Sunday school student. It was a curse in that um, I saw my faith as my way of becoming good. Um, it, was, it was a means to an end and I wasn't I wanted to be good enough, and I wrestled with insecurity, and that was um, so much more the case uh, as a teenager. Um, even at, I think at sixth grade, I became addicted to pornography on the internet, and um, so I, I had this hatred towards myself. Mm -hmm. I loathed myself and um, wanted to fix myself. I wanted to become good enough really so that I could love and accept myself. Um, and I would say that it, it was this weird like in between where, yes, I wanted to follow Christ, but at the same time, it was, I want to be good enough. I want to fix myself. I want to be done with my brokenness. And so um, that continued with me. Um, I went to Bible college after high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I went to Boise Bible College and it was great. Um, it was difficult. It was my sophomore year that I feel like I really made the decision to follow Jesus for, in, in some ways, the first time. Wow. Um, so you were at Bible college. Uh, yeah. And that's where yeah. you say, that's where my faith became alive. It did. And, and because that's where I was challenged to the point where I saw that my religion didn't work. Mm -hmm. um, I had ended a relationship with a girl that, um, and, I, and I'd only dated this one person and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to marry her. And that died. She cheated on me. And, oh, um, but in addition to that, I was working a job. Um, I was doing an internship. I was doing way too many credits at school and I just was completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, I learned that my father had cancer and so like really everything was piling on top of it and I was um, a very bitter person. My roommates, mm -hmm. I feel really sorry for them because oh, <laughs> at the time they were living with me and I was just angry and anxious and it was like that's how I knew, okay, 
my faith isn't enough. Like mm-hmm. believing in the right things is not changing who I am. Um, and I need, <laughs> I need something else. Like either give up on, on this Christianity thing because yeah. it's not fixing me. Now, uh, I think one of the best parts of being at that school at Bible college was I saw people, I, really one man in particular, his name was Danny Herod. It still is Danny Herod. Um, anyway, he was one of my professors and his life is so evident that, I mean, like Christ is is such a huge part of his life and he has a peace that I had never seen before. Wow. Um, and so I knew, okay, it is possible to be transformed by Christ in in an unbelievable way. It is possible to live differently, mm. but it's not about believing in the right stuff. Um, it's about giving up on my idea of becoming good enough and just allowing Jesus to be good enough. And so, yeah, it was my sophomore year of college, Bible college, um, that I gave up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and for men especially, I think we all have this inner desire to live up to a standard. Um, that we, we have to man up, in mm. a sense. And, yeah, I can relate to that that desire to like myself, but I, I just hated the things I was doing. Um, and so, tell us about the shift from, okay, you, you found this thing that was going to release you. You you see Danny Herod, mm-hmm. who is full of peace, and so for someone, this faith is working. How did it go from, I'm a bitter, angry guy, to, okay, now this faith is working for me? Yeah, that's a good question. Because um, honestly, guys, I, I, I don't know you as an angry, bitter person. That's like the <laughs> farthest away from what I know of I still have flashbacks well (laughs) we all do but come on Um, that's not who you are and not now well I would say I mean it wasn't super immediate I I think the realization was more immediate it was just like I had to make a decision am I going to continue doing what I'm doing this religious practices and believing these things or just um, admit my my utter brokenness that I I absolutely need Christ because I will not I cannot ever be enough and so um, so it started with that admission and just this recognition like realizing that I was idolizing uh, um, I don't know goodness or I don't know the right word but I was trying to become something. I was using faith to become something. I I wanted to improve or better myself or whatever. And it was like, okay, Jesus is better than the best version of me that I can create. And so, yeah, I think the first thing was just admitting that uh, again and again and again. Um, I think it's totally a process. We, unfortunately, maybe, (laughs) but not really. I mean, God uses that process. Um, yeah. So how um, I I there's a freedom when you admit I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, when you give up, when you come clean, mm-hmm. um, and I think um, that's really the biggest thing is is just freely admitting I am a screw up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am beyond repair. 
there's nothing I can do to do this. It, it really was a surrendering, a giving up on all that I wanted for my life. So um, in other words, you were a car that was totaled. Yes. <laughs> I was wrecked. <laughs> they, they, they wrecked you. They wrote you off. They're paying the check, right? And so what were some of the things that you did after you came to that point? Because I, you know, a lot of people, they hear the phrase, just stop trying mm. or give up. Because yeah, that yeah. is so much of that moment of crossing the line from, man, I'm trying my hardest and I can't do it, to Christ has done it and I can live in freedom because of him. So, so what did that look like? The weeks, months, years after yeah. that point, what were some of the habits? What were some of the, the weekly, oh, I have to remember, I am a total wreck. Yeah. I need Jesus. Yeah, so a huge part of that for me was people um, mm. and, and intentional relationships with people. So Danny uh, really became a mentor to me and um, and he was awesome. He would like need to go grocery shopping and he'd invite me to jump That's into awesome. the car and we'd buy groceries. And it was just a way of, of doing life with somebody that could speak into any area whenever it happened. It wasn't like we would say, okay, we're gonna about to have a serious conversation. It was just many conversations over many times that, uh, yeah. So a relationship with Danny. Um, I also asked another man um, who is a pastor of a church um, who in him I saw a love for God and, and um, that, that I wanted for myself. And so I asked him to do the same thing. Would you mentor me? Um, and so we read some books together. Um, I think that reading books is one of the best things that we can do. I mean, the Bible, obviously, we need to read the Word. Um, but also reading other books helps us understand how the Word maybe shapes our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, some some books that... Help me remember what I need and and how broken I am and and help shaping the habits and even how do I read scripture and yeah yeah um, that's awesome so getting plugged in with someone who who you can say and clearly see this this person is closer to Jesus than I am yeah and I want to learn how he walks with him as well as being in that scripture having a daily habit in there reading other books getting other input. To be able to continue to grow in your faith, yeah, that's good. Now, uh, you were have also been marked by another experience, and uh, it yeah has impacted all of who you are in many yeah. ways. And uh, so, tell us about that. You yeah. know what I'm talking. about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so, um, after college. Um, I was I moved back to Oregon um, and I was working three jobs actually um, trying to figure out okay what am I doing with my life and um, con- how am I contributing to society whatever um, and then I had some weird seizures um, that made me go to the hospital and say okay what's going on they did some tests and I discovered I have something called an arteriovenous malformation I'm going to call it an AVM for short thank you um, <laughs> yeah you're welcome Chris um, so I have an AVM and they said the we should probably remove this thing because they're linked to aneurysms and um, death and all sorts of things. They said, it's a good thing we found this. Normally we don't find it until after somebody has something more serious. 
And so um, I spoke with a surgeon. The surgeon said, I think you should do radiology. I spoke to a radiologist who said, no, 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 you should do surgery. <laughs> so nobody wanted to touch this thing. Um, and both of them said, well, okay, there's a procedure that will isolate this um, cluster of blood vessels that will make it safer to operate on regardless of if it's surgery or radiation. And so um, it's non-invasive. We'll just put you to sleep um, and isolate this thing. So um, that sounded like a good plan. Um, they did that. I did one of these procedures and it was weird. I woke up and it, it felt like nothing had changed. I didn't no pain or anything like that. Um, and they said, okay, good. Uh, we'll do two more of these. Um, come back in a week or so. So I came back in and uh, they put me under. And when I woke up, I could not move um, my right leg, my toes, my ankle, anything. Um, I remember the look of horror on uh, my mom and my, mm. uh, it was Annie. So she was my, uh, I don't know if she was my fiance yet. But anyway, um, both of them were, were very concerned when the doctors were rubbing my foot up. And they said, what direction are we moving? And I said, down. <laughs> um, so I had, technically I had a stroke in the middle of the procedure because a little piece of glue went somewhere it shouldn't have that stopped blood flowing. And because of that, I lost movement to my right leg, to my ankle, to my toes. Mm -hmm. um, and so at that point, um, we made arrangements. I was moved into a rehabilitation center. Um, and a wheelchair and a, a bed. Um, and I was no longer working. <laughs> and uh, actually I had to call somebody in to help me go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And so I remember just feeling like, one, totally out of control. Like, okay, what is becoming of my life? Am I ever gonna be able to walk again? I did not expect or see this coming. Um, it was, obviously humiliating to have to like ring a bell and say hey can you <laughs> wheel me over to the toilet and um but it was in that time um where i was really alone in this hospital room laying down not being able to do anything that i this is probably the closest to audibly hearing god that i mean it was very obvious he was telling me look will you are not your jobs. You're not what you can produce. It doesn't matter how productive you are. I love you. I love you now as much as I have ever loved you. You belong to me. Nothing has changed. You are mine and I love you. Um, yeah, and honestly, if, that is the most significant part of that experience. Um, if... So I still have an AVM in my head. I've recovered most of the movement in my leg. Mm -hmm. um, I still have no movement in my ankle or toes. And so I sometimes walk silly. Maybe you guys have seen that sometimes. Um, but God totally used that experience to remind me that it doesn't matter how productive I am. It doesn't matter what kind of job I do or none of that. Um, First and foremost, I am loved by him, and that is something that no circumstances can change. Amen. Yeah, what an amazing experience to almost hear the voice of God. I mean, that's like Jesus coming out of the water in baptism and hearing 
God say, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Um, tell me how that has shaped your walk of faith, um, successes, failures, uh, when things are good and when things are hard. Yeah. Um, well, again, I think, you know, I, there are times that I remember that and I cling to that truth. And there are times <laughs> that I am believing lies and I totally forget that and wrap up my identity and failures and successes. Yeah. Um, so, um, but it's something to go back to definitely. And, um, it's, yeah, I don't know that, that that's necessarily like an experience that I carry every day um, as much as one of a number of experiences throughout my life where God has just affirmed again and again um, that I'm loved by him and that um, that's what matters. That's the only thing that matters. Um, now, yeah. many people right now are feeling helpless and out of control. Uh, we're recording this in a second full lockdown in Germany in 2020. And what would you say to those who are struggling with a similar uh, situation where maybe they're not stuck in a, a rehabilitation center asking people to take them to the bathroom, but they're, they're saying, I can't do the things I want to do, or I've, I've lost my job, or I might lose my job. Uh, or I'm really upset with my wife right now because we're stuck together and we're trying to figure out the work from home and uh, helping my kids with their homework at the same time. What's God trying to tell these people right now? Yeah. Well, one thing I think is don't fight that um, idea that I'm I'm not in control. That's true. <laughs> like, and that's not... you we often give into the illusion that we're in control. And so if anything, we're seeing more clearly, the reality is we've, we've never been in control, but the sovereignty of God is such a wonderful truth that, that everything um, that is out of our control is in his hands. And, um, you know, I remember in other experiences after my time at a church in Portland came to an end and the, the church actually closed down. Um, singing with my kids, we would sing, he's got the whole world in his hands and we would insert our own verses. So we'd say, he's got dad's job in his hands. Um, or we'd sing, he's got tomorrow and the next day in his hands. And so, um, yeah, at first I'd say, you are out of control, you're right. And, and that's not bad, that's always been the case lean into and remember and praise God for the reminder that he is in control. He's the only one in control, mm -hmm. um, but his goodness never changes. Um, and I think there's, I'm John all the time. Pastor John talks about Romans eight twenty eight. you know, that promise that God is working all things for the good of those who love him and are called to his purposes. And, um, that includes, uh, that especially includes the hard things and, and the most painful things. It's in those most painful places that I think God speaks the loudest to us, or maybe that's when we listen the best. Um, but God is working in you right now. One of my favorite verses, uh, it's in Philippians chapter one. I, I can't remember what verse six, I don't know. But it says that... Uh, that um, he who started a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. 
-hmm. And that idea that, you know, even when we, that moment in college when I said, okay, I can't do this. And I, I really, for the first time said, Jesus, I need you. You know, I wasn't a perfectly healthy, wonderful person at that time. I still was wrestling with and overwhelmed by all sorts of life, but God had started a good work in me. Mm -hmm. And through trials and through pain and through the hospital and all, you know all of these things he has faithfully shaped me and reminded me of how good he is how in control he is how much he absolutely loves me so for those of you who are wondering like does god really love me when this is happening yes he loves you more than you could ever imagine and and he will be faithfully walking with you and using the loss of a job or the loss of whatever it may be insert what you're going through he will use that for his glory and for your own benefit shaping you into a better person who can live more fully and with more joy yeah so in other words any circumstance has purpose every circumstance has purpose amen that's yeah. awesome don't miss that guys every circumstance has purpose and can be used by god for the good of those who love him. Uh, I hope you guys were encouraged today by this podcast. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, give us some feedback, let us know about a prayer request. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to connect. Send us a message, men at frontlinecommunity.org or to Will specifically, wknuckles at frontlinecommunity.org. We love you guys. We're trying to connect. Stay connected with us. Follow our website, follow our Facebook page. Uh, subscribe to this podcast or send it to somebody you know who might be encouraged by it. Have a great rest of your day.